Welcome to Community Matters, a podcast from the Canadian Association of Community Health Centres. I'm your host, Hilary Leblanc. On this episode of the podcast, I am joined by my two colleagues at CATCH to discuss the Canadian Vaccine Promotion Project, CDP National Project, which they have both been managing for over two years. Ewell Effiong is the project manager for the CDP National Project, and Aisha Khan is the Knowledge Translation Specialist. The CDP National Project has been made largely possible by funding from the Government of Canada through the Public Health Agency of Canada. How are the two of you doing today? Doing great. I'm happy to be here. Perfect. Thank Thank you for finally coming on. This is very exciting. Um, So I'll start off, Iwo, if you could take us back to early 2021 and tell us about the conceptualization of the CDP National Project. Great, thank you for that question, Hilary. So as you mentioned in 2021, the Canadian Association of Community Health Centers CASH launched the Community Vaccination Promotion CVP project, which is funded by the Public Health Agency of Canada Immunization Partnership Fund. I probably wanna go into a bit of background about the project and how it came to be. Um, um, We know that the pandemic exposed some of the health inequities across Canada and research did show that the vulnerable population have been the most hit by the pandemic. As we know, community health centers are primary health organizations that provide services, including health promotion, education, to address some of the social determinants of health on a community level. So what happened is with the approval of the vaccines in 2021, CASH and the other provincial um, community health associations across Canada engaged with Public Health Agency of Canada to discuss how to mobilize the CHCs to support the uptake of vaccine amongst their groups. Now, this is how the um, CVP project was formed, and it's actually made up of five different organizations um, of which our project, the CVP National Project, is one of them. The other four projects are led by the provincial health centers in British Columbia, Manitoba, Ontario, as well as Nova Scotia. The objectives of the project are to increase uptake, access, confidence, and reduce hesitancies about the COVID-19 vaccine amongst the vulnerable populations in Canada. But it's also to increase the capacity of the staff to be able to provide equity-informed as well as evidence-based information and resources to the vulnerable populations that they serve and ensure that these resources work for the communities that they serve. So the project actually comes in two phases. The first phase started in June 2021 and ran until September 2022. The second phase started in 2022, October, and will end in March 2023. The second phase actually um, focuses more on booster vaccine uptake. The CVP National Project is made up of different components. One major component of the project is the provision of direct grants to the CHCs and also supporting them to deliver approaches to help address the uptake that we mentioned earlier on. TASH in the first phase was able to support nine CHCs in the provinces of Alberta, Saskatchewan, Quebec and Newfoundland. These are CHCs in provinces that do not have a provincial community health association. Another component of the project, which Aisha will also be talking about, includes the development of a national hub, which was launched in partnership with Access Alliance, which provides um, education and health resources in different formats and in over 70 languages. There are also a number of knowledge translation and dissemination activities, 
And we also carried out a research project to document the scope of COVID-19 promotion activities across the country. What we know is that the vulnerable populations in Canada face a lot of um, barriers, but we hope that through this project, some of these disparities can be addressed by providing education, promotional information, as well as disseminating best practices, which can be utilized by not just the CHCs themselves, but also policymakers, which can also enhance some of the activities that will be done in the future. Thank you. Amazing. Um, so so encapsulating but so much to hear from the another perspective as someone who worked with you throughout the entire journey um and also had the honor of interviewing a lot of the chcs they um were part of the first nine on this podcast if anyone's listening has not seen those episodes and um, there are several of them um and as you did mention it for the first phase you provided grants to nine chcs and you are currently working with 15. Um, can you talk a bit more in depth about those first nine community health centers that received some of the the, the grant funding and the work that they engaged in Evo. Great, yes. Um, so what, like I mentioned earlier on, um, the first phase of the project, we were able to provide grants to those CHCs that do not have a provincial community health association. These CHCs are um, located in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Newfoundland, and Quebec. The specific CHCs are, in Alberta, we provided funding to the Alex Community Health Center, Boyle Macaulay Health Center, now known as Radius Community Health and Healing, Cops Community Society, and Jasper Wellness, sorry, Jasper Place Wellness Center. In Saskatchewan, we provided funding to Regina Community Clinic, Saskatoon Community Clinic, and Switch Student-Led Health Center. In Quebec, we provided funding to Le Dispensaire, and in Newfoundland and Labrador, to The Gathering Place. These CHCs have actually been wonderful and have undertaken a, a wide range of activities to encourage uptake of the vaccine. Some of these activities include reaching out, um, providing reach out teams to educate and support the clients in the communities. They um, fostered um, discussions and connections by building relationships either through peer ambassadors or through indigenous leaders. They offered vaccine clinics, they created resources, Courses in different languages to educate the clients. They developed incentive programs to encourage conversations about the vaccine. They held community events such as fun fairs and pet clinics to engage in discussions that would lead to the acceptance of the vaccine by the communities. They also tested um, clients at the centers. They also had pop-up clinics and even mobile clinics to go out into the towns or into the centers to be able to reach those that are unable to come to the clinic themselves to um, take the vaccine. And what we did find is because CHCs have had trusted relationships that have been built over the years, this helped them leverage um, the, they were able to leverage this trust to be able to have these discussions to discuss and promote the uptake of the vaccine. But another thing that we found as an outcome of this um, project was the CHCs collaborated with other organizations and partners, and this helped to increase and strengthen the capacity of their projects, not only making them able to um, have more comprehensive events, in some cases, they even um, increase the longevity of their projects. And such type of collaborations and networking helped with the sharing of information and resources and it also helped to address some other healthcare issues or social issues that these communities had. Thank you. 
Amazing. Uh, again, I got to hear about all of those things like through you guys um, throughout the several years. Um, but I wanted to ask Aisha, finally, give you a chance to answer some questions as well. Um, if you wanted to add any of the other achievements from those nine community health centers or any of the challenges that they experienced over the course of those several years. Definitely. Um, I think you already spoke to a lot of the achievements that the CHCs were able to um, engage in. And so I'll just speak to some of the challenges um, over the, the phase one of the project. Um, so a lot of CHCs actually noted challenges during the Omicron wave, um, which impacted staff capacity, the ability to uh, engage with clients in um, group settings. A lot of activities actually had to be delayed until um, the severity of the wave had passed. Other CHCs had to pivot their approaches um, just because they weren't able to have their gatherings or plan and host some of the activities that they would have liked to just given the severity um, of Omicron at the time. Um, another challenge that some of the CHCs had uh, talked to us about were, was the difficulty in actually accessing um, vaccines to be able to provide at their clinics. There was uh, different restrictions that were applying um, across the country in different provinces on who was allowed to be able to uh, give out the vaccine. So eventually a lot of the CHCs were able to vaccinate, but it did take time for them to be able to uh, get the vaccines and receive the qualifications to be able to vaccinate folks. Um, a few other challenges that CHCs uh, had to deal with throughout phase one were staffing shortages, um, as well as uh, different restrictions that were in place, which were impacting their ability to uh, run their events, run their programming. Um, and so this combination of the Omicron wave, um, resource uh, challenges, um, staffer, staffing challenges, as well as um, restrictions of of meetings and numbers all really came together to uh, to create several different barriers that impacted um, the work that CHCs were trying to do. However, uh, everyone was able to really just adjust their their um, their plans and able to still uh, reach out to the community um, in a lot of different ways, despite all of these challenges that they had faced over the course of phase one. Amazing, thank you. Um, Iwo, please tell us and everyone listening about the National Coordination Table and what that entailed and what it is. So as I mentioned earlier, the CVP project is um, made up of five interconnected projects from um, five different, well, a national organization and four provincial CHC associations. So the CVP um, project, and the four provincial projects actually rolled out at the same time and with these four projects in BC, sorry, British Columbia, Manitoba, Ontario, and Nova Scotia. With um, the Canadian Associations Project, the CVP National Project was the lead agency and worked in partnership with these four associations, the British Columbia Association of Community Health Centers, the Manitoba Association of Community Health, Alliance for Community Health, which is located in Ontario and Nova Scotia Association of Community Health Centers. And all these five organizations um, came together to convene and form the CVP National Coordination Table. The um, role or the um, reasoning behind this table was to help ensure um, sort of a coordinated, um, coordinated and harmonized approach with regards to the rollout of the project activities. 
It was also supposed to be sort of a central point for the collection, curation of different um, resources, communications that were developed and disseminated by the different CHCs across the country. This table also helped to discuss and identify different needs for the different projects in terms of resources, in terms of um, um, tools. It also helps to identify and document some of the practices and that were also reported and collected from the different CHCs. The table helped to facilitate a lot of the knowledge and um, knowledge transition activities and helped to guide some of the processes and structures that were going on throughout the um, duration of the project. We, um, we, through this table, were able to collect quite a number of resources, identify quite a number of gaps and needs across the country. And it has been such a great forum, not just for sharing resources, but also to foster new partnerships, networks, and even friendships as well. Amazing. I was going to say the partnerships that we've had with the, those organizations and even myself from communications standpoint has been extremely important and beneficial. I um, mean, you did mention a little bit about the knowledge translation and things that have come up with that. So Aisha, I'd love it if you could tell our listeners um, what knowledge translation work went along with phase one and some of the uh, interesting projects that you were able to work on. Absolutely. Um, just building off of what you all mentioned earlier about the knowledge hub. Um, so back in the spring of 2022, CATCH uh, launched the National Knowledge Hub, uh, which was created in partnership with Access Alliance, and it was created to provide CHCs with access to relevant, up-to-date, and evidence-based COVID-19 tools, resources, and information in over 70 different languages. Um, CHCs have also kindly contributed the resources they've created to be housed on the hub that can be accessed by other individuals and CHCs across the country. And we constantly have new resources being added to the hub regularly to ensure that CHCs have access to up-to-date and evidence-based information. And we are still growing uh, the Knowledge Hub. We are um, adding more information about different health promotion uh, areas. Um, and we're really excited to see this Knowledge Hub grow and be a really useful tool for CHCs. Um, another one of our uh, KT outputs from this project so far has been the really wonderful knowledge exchange opportunities that we've had with the other um, IPF uh, project grantees. Um, we've been able to work with organizations like Digital Public Square, um, the Association of Canadian Studies, and also engage in knowledge exchange with Children's Healthcare Canada um, we've been able to present our findings from our research project, which I'll touch on in a moment, um, at an Association of Canadian Studies webinar. And we actually were also hosted a town hall um, about our research, uh, where we invited stakeholders um, from across the country to learn more about the work that we were going to be undertaking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Digital Public Square is also, um, I mean, all the links will be shared at the end, but it was a very cool game. And I really enjoyed seeing how far when I think of knowledge translation, I definitely think of more journals and, and something more um, academic. And it was nice to see how we were really trying to share the knowledge of vaccine uptake with different clinics and uh, the CHCs across the country. Um, and as you said, you were going to touch on some of the research projects um, and everything that was done to increase the uptake of the COVID-19 vaccine among equity deserving communities. So um, please share the other outputs that came from this project. Definitely. Um, so the research project, uh, we were, what we were looking to do was to identify the key considerations uh, to improve the confidence and uptake of the COVID-19 vaccine among various equity-deserving populations. 
Um, and so we began this research project uh, by conducting a literature review and environmental scan to really see what was currently out there in terms of evidence-based practices and approaches to vaccination, as well as the different types of programs that were currently uh, running across the country to support the uptake of the vaccine. Um, after engaging in that stage of uh, research, we then administered a national survey to CHCs to understand and identify what their needs uh, and challenges and barriers to vaccination were, especially for the pediatric population, as at that time, um, the rollout for the pediatric vaccine was just uh, about to get started. And after uh, administering the survey, we then were able to uh, hold some key informant interviews and really talk to CHCs across the uh, country and understand what they had done and were doing uh, to support vaccination uh, promotion and provision for the communities that they were serving. Um, and so we were able to create um, a collection of 11 case studies that feature the amazing work of community health centers uh, across the country. And those are actually available uh, on our website for folks who are interested in reading up on those. Absolutely. Um, so as we enter phase two of the CBP National Project, Iwo, if you could tell us about the goals of the, the project in this phase and a little bit about the new funding recipients. Yes. So the goals and objectives actually remain the same. However, with this new phase, which started in October, the focus is on COVID-19 booster vaccination um, promotion and um, uptake. But before we implemented this phase, we actually carried out a needs assessment. And the reason why we did this was because we wanted to um, get a better understanding of the vaccine hesitancy that was still ongoing in the communities. And then the results would help allow us and the community health centers that were being provided with funding to tailor the services and products that they will be providing to the needs of those communities. So, and with that um, new extra funding, we were able, to, were able to now provide grants to 15 CHCs and now include other um, provinces such as Ontario, British Columbia, Nova Scotia, and Manitoba. Um, for Ontario, we're able to include or uh, provide direct funding to Carrier Health Center, Community Health Center, sorry, um, Center Town Community Health Center, Flemington Community Health Center, and Gateway Community Health Center. In British Columbia, we have provided funding to the um, Central Interior Native Health Society, REACH Community Health Center, Umbrella Co-op. In Nova Scotia, funding has been provided to North End Community Health Center. And in Manitoba, funding has been provided to Northwest Co-op. These CHCs, the new as well as the old um, recipients, continue to provide um, service delivery, knowledge exchange and dissemination, and resource development to help improve uptake of the vaccine as well as the boosters. The activities are quite similar to what was being carried out in phase one, which we spoke about in terms of um, education, um, holding workshops, clinics, incentive programs, um, calling um, to see those who hadn't um, received their vaccines yet, um, hosting community events, as well as um, continued um, promotion of the messaging for um, the COVID vaccine. But another thing that a lot of the CHCs were able to do this time around was to integrate the um, COVID-19 vaccine into their regular clinic schedules, as well as their flu, um, because of the season, their flu vaccine clinics as well. And one thing we found that was really key with all of our projects, or many of our projects rather, was when you incorporate people with lived experiences, 
to have these discussions with the clients, it makes it easier to have the discussions and strengthen that trust and engagement that the um, clients have with the staff members of the CHCs. We have um, so far seen a lot of those connections again being developed, but I will say that the rate of vaccination and engagement is definitely much lower compared to the first phase. As we know, um, with the lifting of the restrictions um, last year, it did lead to um, a downtrend, unfortunately, of the uptake, but we still, and the CHC still continue to promote the, um, the vaccine itself. And we can say that we have received a lot of um, positive testimonials from the CHC staff, from clients who have talked about how this project and the availability of the resources and tools have definitely um, impacted the communities that are being served. Absolutely. And uh, Aisha, if you wanted to speak to the KT plans that are coming up for phase two and the recipients. Definitely. Um, so one of the, the KT items that we created for phase two was a social media and communications toolkit for CHCs uh, to be able to share messaging around the booster vaccine, um, as well as graphics uh, to help promote um, that education and awareness about the booster vaccine. Um, another aspect uh, for our KT that's been really successful so far is our community of practice that is for our CVP national grantees. Um, it's been a really great forum for CHCs to be able to connect with each other, learn from each other, um, as well as we're hoping to um, create some advocacy um, to help continue CHCs to do the amazing work that they're doing. Um, we're also looking to continue to showcase the work that the CHCs are doing through blog posts and podcasts. Um, so we're really excited for that as well. And uh, we hope to really wrap up this project with a learnings report that just identifies sort of everything that not only we at CASH have learned, but that the CHCs have learned um, over the course of uh, this, both phase one and phase two of this project. Selfishly excited that I know I knew in, intimately about all of those, the upcoming podcasts and blogs, which I'm very excited about. Um, and I was really um, enthusiastic about the COP and communities of practice that I was a part of. Um, it was nice to see so many people still wanting to engage, especially with the downtrend of vaccine uptake and how, I mean, you should be, of course, in this line of work, but how um, passionate everyone still was about connecting and especially where we're a, a national body. Um, it was so nice to see various people who have connected with across the country um, as a part of that. Um, and so final grueling question. Thank you both for, for putting up with me for, for this podcast. Um, what are the, the hopes that you both have for the remainder of the project or any goals for the CVP national project now that you both have the experiences that you have from phase one going into phase two? Um, Iwo, if you'd like to start. Sure. Um, so I think my goals would be continued promotion and uptake of the COVID vaccines and booster vaccines, continued um, collaboration and partnerships, because we have seen that these partnerships and collaborations are beneficial in helping to support the project and even strengthen the delivery of the project. I would say continuing to leverage any existing relationships that you have to help build, continue to build the trust within the communities because it allows them to be more willing to listen and engage with the um, healthcare providers and you know attend events which can definitely um, improve uptake and health outcomes. I think to continue, I know despite the times, 
to continue to um, provide those immunization clinics and booster, I'm sorry, vac um, COVID vaccine clinics to the um, communities and ensure continuous you know, promotion and communication of the resources and tools that Aisha mentioned that have been created by this project. I will say that um, um, I'm proud to have been a part of this project and working with Aisha um, on this project. And um, the, the CVP project has definitely made a significant contribution to the vaccination efforts, the COVID vaccination efforts. And as I mentioned, we've seen a lot of positive outcomes from the uptake to the engagement, to the um, relationships and collaborations that were formed. My hope is that this project would have a longer lasting impact in terms of you know, delivering of services, the dissemination of the tools and resources that were created because many of them are definitely useful beyond the um, CVP project or even the COVID-19 pandemic. I think that um, hopefully that we share most of our learnings and our insights from this project with um, not just the CHCs, with the public policymakers to help address not just to address some of the issues, the um, barriers and disparities that I talked about at the beginning of this interview, because I do think that some of the, a lot of the work that has been done on this project and the insights that we've learned and we're sharing will definitely help to improve health outcomes. We are working to help dismantle barriers. And I think that, and I'm grateful that with this project, we I hope that in some way, form or manner that we've done some, so even if it's a little, just to help dismantle some of those barriers across the country. Yeah. Certainly agree, and I, I certainly think so. I, I hope so anyway. Um, Aisha, if you also wanted to say what your, your goals are for the rest of the CVP project based on your previous experience. Absolutely. Um, first off, I have to say that it's been a wonderful experience working with you all um, over the last several months on this project and working with the CHCs. Um, really grateful for the opportunity to be able to do this impactful work. Um, in terms of goals for the remainder of this project, I really would love uh, to, you know, think about ways to be able to uh, adapt and sustain some of the amazing and innovative work that the CHCs have been doing and see how those can be applied to other areas of health promotion um, beyond COVID uh, vaccination is I think some of the strategies and approaches the CHCs have been taking have been wildly successful mm -hmm. and could do really great uh, in other areas um, of health care and health promotion. Um, I really hope that these relationships that we are building with the CHCs um, sort of from a cash standpoint, but also that the CHCs have been building with each other can uh, you know, be maintained and, and continue to grow um, in other areas of work as well. And I think you will really covered um, some of the other areas of goals uh, and hopes that I would have touched on as well. And I think you put them very eloquently. Amazing. Um, I want to thank you both so, so much for taking the time to speak with me. Um, it's my pleasure to get to interview the two of you and also get to hear about the amazing work that you're doing. Um, I think, unfortunately, another CHC said that COVID was the catalyst and the x-ray that sort of showed all of the other broken bones in our healthcare 
sector system industry um and it's been an honor to be able to share the stories from across the country and also the amazing work that you've done with those chcs um and how it will be continuing moving forward and i am looking forward to all of the blog posts and podcasts and future content um last question for whoever would like to answer if anybody listening to this episode was interested in learning more about the continued work of cbp national project where on their on our website would they go um, so to access any of the materials that we talked about, um, if you visit the Addressing COVID-19 page on the CATCH website, you'll be able to find everything that we've done so far um, and information about things that we are going to be doing as well. Amazing. Perfect. I want to thank you both so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to Community Matters, a podcast from the Canadian Association of Community Health Centres. To learn more about our association and the important work of community health centres across Canada, go to www.cachc.ca.